good evening, everybody. My name is Dwight Collins, and I am an alcoholic. Hey, Dwight. I'm gonna back this up a little bit because I feel like I'm in y'all's lap. Uh, my sobriety birthday is October the 3rd of 2005, and I'll be forever indebted and in, uh, grateful to Alcoholics Anonymous and God as I understand Him for that. Uh, I'm gonna run through a few quick formalities. I have a home group, it's a vision for you in Nashville, uh, North Carolina. I ain't get me from Tennessee, so I'll make sure Aaron knew that. Um, and uh, we have a big book study group. We studied the big book, uh, the first 164 pages, the first Tuesday. The second Tuesday, we would read a story uh, in the back of the book. Uh, the third Tuesday, we would do the tradition that correlates with that book. Uh, the fourth Tuesday is normally a speaker meeting. And uh, when we do have a uh, fifth Tuesday, we're back in the first 164 pages of the big book. Uh, I do have a sponsor. I am been privileged to be a sponsor, and I currently work with guys. So I think that's all my formalities. Get them out of the way. Uh, I ain't been nervous about this at all until about six minutes ago. Uh, and this is how God works. Uh, for whatever reason, He said willingness, open-mindedness, and honesty. I've never heard it said like that. I've always heard it said honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. So I was in my own head under the impression I'd be going last tonight. <laughs> <laughs> then I found out Dixon was going to be on, on this too, so I knew they was not going to let me go behind him and mess everything up. So they put him in the end for a reason uh, to clean up probably whatever I mess up. Uh, so I'm going to qualify real quick because I think it's important anytime you get behind a podium, I'm not going to go into nothing. Uh, me and Jerry was joking about this the other day, man. A lot of times when you go to, this, to panels or workshops or conventions or something, people will be given the topic. They'll say that topic and then tell the story and talk <laughs> nothing about that topic. And I'm going to try not to do that, man. I ain't going to promise nothing, but I'm going to try not to do that. Uh, but uh, he said I'm from Elm City. That is currently where I reside. I am actually from a small town in North Carolina called Mayo Dan. Uh, it's where the Mayo and the Dan River meet. Uh, they got real creative with the name. <laughs> they stuck it, and it is absolutely as country as it sounds. Uh, I have absolutely no reason to be behind this podium other than I have no ability to control how much I drink. Uh, that's the only reason. I had a very loving family. Everything was great. I was uh, given every opportunity to be a success in life. Uh, my alcoholism showed up early, and as a direct result of my alcoholism, uh, I had started having problems immediately. By the time I was 17 years old, I'd done accumulated two DWIs and a, print, a prison sentence. Got out of that, thought if I just drink some beer, lay off the hard stuff, I'd be okay. It didn't take long. I got several more DWIs, several more sentences. So to date, I've been... Charged with seven DWIs and convicted of six. And I've been to prison twice and county jail countless times as a direct result of alcoholism. So I think that qualifies me enough to be behind the podium. Uh, if you ever want to know how I did all that, grab me after the meeting. We have a conversation. Go get some coffee or whatnot. Um, but the topic I've been given tonight is willingness. And that's something that I have to deal with daily. And I'm going to tell you a funny story, man. On the way up here, we're coming. And, and this is just how I am, man. I'm an alcoholic through and through. And my wheel shows up at all times. And there is a guy in a lift bucket truck when it's about to get dark. And he's pulling a wire. And he's just sitting in the road, almost in the lane. 
So I go to slow down, and he cusses me. So I go by, and he says something else. I say a few words, and I stop, and I get out the truck. <laughs> and I walk up to the truck, and I know, so it ain't that terrible. <laughs> it is. And I was like, man, this is ridiculous. I got my sponsee in the truck with me, and I'm trying to, yeah, man. <laughs> so that's how easy it is for me to take my wheel back. And I just said, man, y'all going to get killed. Y'all need to have a cone or four-way flashes or something. And then I got back in the truck, and we left. Then we stopped at the store to get gas. I didn't have a wallet with me. So I luckily had some cash in my truck, so we made it here. And all that is just willingness, man, to to do that. I could have been like, hey, I ain't got can't get man, I'm done. Uh, But what I did is is we did make it here. And uh, one of the things is I used to not be willing to do anything but what I wanted to do, when I wanted to do it, and how I wanted to do it. And I didn't care if it, how it affected you, 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 or anybody close to me. Uh, when I came into your life, I destroyed it, period. I wasn't willing to listen to anything you had to say. I wasn't listening to, there's a line in the big book that says, frothy emotional appeal seldom suffices. And that's all stuff that makes logical sense of why I should not drink. And I was unwilling to look at any of that stuff. I've been convicted of 60 WIs. I just need to chill out on my drinking. You see what I'm saying? So I was forced into a situation to where I had to look at my drinking. And I had to, we, we just read it and how it works uh, when you open up a meeting. Willing to go to any length. And when I sit down with a guy across from me, and he looked at me, and he said, Dwight, he said, are you willing to go to any length to stay sober? I said, yes. And that's what I did. Now, I got sober when I was in the penitentiary. And if any of y'all understand and has been there, y'all will relate a lot with this. So one of the things that he had me do is, like, my prayer life. I thought I had a prayer life when I got here, but it was that deal. You know, hey, God, if you get me out of this, man, we we be in church on Sunday, I promise you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'd make those foxhole prayers and stuff like that. And uh, so he had me read the third step prayer out of the big book. And uh, I started reading. I'm in a dormitory with 27, 30 other guys, you know. And... Uh, you know, it's not cool to be praying in prison. You know, it's got to be kind of hard, you know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, so I'd, I'd sit on my bunk and I'd open my book and I'd read it. And uh, then he comes to me. He's like, man, are you getting on your knees? I was like, no, man. He's like, man, get on your knees and pray. I'm like, man, I'm in prison. Get on my knees for nothing. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and he told me, he's like, well, man, I thought you told me you was willing. I was like, mm. so I started doing that. And as a result of that, there's this little Mexican dude that's about this tall that slept in a bunk beside me. And he said, hey, man, uh, that stuff you go to and the praying you do every morning, he's like, does that have to do with alcohol? I said, yeah. He said, I think I'm an alcoholic. Nothing I did, God used me as an instrument. You see what I'm saying? But that started a Spanish group in that prison because I became willing to do what my sponsor told me to do. Blew my mind. Uh, that guy started sponsoring people. Uh, my sponsor started working with him, and he would teach him Spanish, or he could. I mean, it was it was some cool stuff, man. Just because I stepped out of step, and I become willing to do something, uh, even when I didn't understand what it was, I didn't like it. Uh, the first time, 
they know this because it's where I met them at. Because they used to come in and they'd give talks. That's where I met Jerry and Aaron. And uh, so they was coming. Uh, Dean come every night, uh, every Wednesday, and brought the speaker to a meeting we had. And I'm sitting there talking to Carter. And Carter's like, man, there ain't no speaker going to be able to get in tonight. Something went right with his paper, paperwork. Can't come in. And I was like, man, that sucks, man. Who's going to speak? You know? And uh, he's like, you want to do it? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> and then he looked at me and he said, are you willing to do it? And he got me because I made a commitment that I'm willing to do what it takes to stay sober. So I had to get up and give my talk. It wasn't very pretty. A lot of cuss words. Uh, a lot about me. Uh, got critiqued a whole bunch after the meeting. But I was willing to do it. And, um, you know, every day it has been different. Uh, some of the things that it says, because I talked to my sponsor, and he told me, he said, the good thing about a topic like this, he said, you can cheat. And you can read some literature, and you can say some things that sound real cool, and y'all think I'm real smart, and I'm not. It's just in our literature. But uh, some of the things I went through and looked at is in its bill season, and it talks about the, the essence of growth. It says, let us never fear needed change. Certainly, we have discriminated between changes for worse and changes for better. But once a need becomes clearly apparent in an individual in a group or in AA as a whole, it has long since been found out that we cannot stand still and look the other way. The essence of all growth is willingness to change for the better and then an unremitted willingness to shoulder whatever responsibility that this entails. So one of those responsibilities was, is like, so we had a beginner's meeting on that compound. And it was a step study. It was first step, second step, third step sponsorship every month. And uh, I'm an avid race fan. And one Saturday night is when that beginner's meeting was. It was the Richmond race, the Bristol, Bristol Mike race. So I've been going to this meeting for a while. I'm good. Let me go check this out. So I stay in and I watch a race. And the next day, my sponsor comes up to me and he says, hey, I'm Carter Downs. I was like, man, I know who you are, man, what's up? He said, where was you last night? <laughs> and I was like, man, I know what everybody's going to say because we called on home group members so the meeting didn't get messed up. I said, I can tell you what everybody's going to say. I said, I don't get nothing out of that meeting anymore. He said, so what are you putting into that meeting? And then he looked at me and he told me something, man, that's blew my mind ever since. He said, how does it feel, Dwight? I said, how does what feel? He said, how does it feel to kill someone? He said, man, I missed a meeting, dog. What are you talking about? <laughs> and he said, Dwight, what you had to say last night in that meeting had the power to save somebody's life. And that changed my whole outlook on what Alcoholics Anonymous was. I had to be willing when my home group does something that I need to be there. And that's what I continue to do. Um, willingness is a daily battle. Uh, some days I get up and I'm spiritual and I pray and life's great. And some days I stop in the middle of the road and I can do it out of a truck. <laughs> it's just that simple. Uh, but another thing it says in here, it says, You are asking yourself, as all of you must, who am I? Where am I? Whence do I go? The process of enlightenment is usually slow. But in the end, our sinking, seeking always brings a fine. These great mysteries are, after all, enshrined in complete simplicity. 
The willingness to grow is the essence of all spiritual development. Like, I balked a lot through my sobriety. Uh, I, I questioned, but I've still done everything I was asked to do. Uh, you know, willingness, man, it's, it's the key. I, I think it. last thing I read, and it just rolled right into that. That's cool. <laughs> it says, willingness is the key. It says, no matter how much one wishes to try exactly how he turn his own will and his life over to the care of whatever God he thinks there is. A beginning, even the smallest, is all that is needed. Once we have placed the key of willingness in the lock and we have the door ever so slightly open, we find that we can always open it some more. Though self-will may slam it shut again, as it frequently does, it will always respond to the moment we again pick up the key of willingness. And what that is, man, for me today is no matter what life throws at me, no matter what my sobriety gives me, no matter what my will wants me to do, no matter how selfish I get in that, as long as I'm still willing to do the exact same thing I did yesterday, my life's going to be pretty good. Uh, you know, it's not going to sit up here and babble uh, no more, but willingness is probably... I mean, it, it was the key to everything for me. Uh, I was 17 years old when I was sentenced to Alcoholics Anonymous. And this is, this is funny. You don't like this one. I walk in this room with members of AA that look just like I do right now. And I thought they was the oldest things on the world. And I, I was like, man. And I ain't that old, man. And uh, I looked around this room, and I seen these guys that had white hair, smoking cigarettes, and drinking coffee. And I thought to myself, when I get old and can't have fun drinking, I'm going to be in here pissed off, too. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't take me 10 years, and I made it here. And, uh, but what it was is I wasn't willing to hear what those guys were saying. They weren't in there complaining because they couldn't drink no more. They was in there talking about the solution to alcoholism, but I was just too self-absorbed to hear what they had to say. Uh, being willing to do something that I'm not used to. You know, you come into Alcoholics Anonymous, I see that word God. I, I want to shut that down because I'm pissed off at him. I think i got a belief in him, and I don't. I don't have a relationship. I have a belief, and it's twisted when I got here anyway. But a guy told me, he said, Dwight, you have to be willing to let go of every idea that you have, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. And, and that hit me. Asking me to, to let go of everything that makes me me. Not a bad thing, you know, I thought it was at the time. But that was scary. How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? The fear of the unknown come in. But at the end of the day, man, I, I played that tape and I seen where I ended up. In 2005, the best thing I could do, the best thing I could do on my own was tell my lawyer to send me to prison. That's crazy. That is absolutely ludicrous. This don't even sound right. And then when I seen some guys, man, that was working a spiritual program, and I got to be part of that, man, my willingness to do something different changed. Uh, and as a result of me being willing to change, man, my life is phenomenal today. Uh, I have a lot of stuff that I never thought I'd have. I have a peace of mind. I have a beautiful family that love me. I have a host of fair 
Meriwether friends uh, that I've met this program. You like that, David Valley? I thought you would. Uh, but I mean, that's, that's what it's given me, and all it took was for me to stop trying to think I knew everything it was to know and become willing to listen to some of the guys that come before me. And with that, Great. I'm Courtney. I'm an alcoholic. Um, it is so awesome to be in a room, especially around the holidays, with people who are sober um, and want to show up and do this. And uh, I'm really privileged to be here and, and be with you all tonight. Um, so, yeah, I'll get all the other stuff out of the way to qualify myself here. Um, so my home group is the primary purpose group in Southern Pines. Um, so come on down anytime. We'd love to see you. We meet on Mondays and Thursdays at 7 p.m., um, my sobriety date is April 5th, 2012, and I have a sponsor who has a sponsor, and uh, I sponsor women. Um, it is a, a privilege to do that. Um, and uh, so I'm going to talk to you a little bit about open-mindedness. And um, as you were speaking about willingness, I was like, man, you know, thinking about all this stuff, it comes in hand in hand that, you know, willingness, open-mindedness, and honesty. Um, and it, it just feels like I can't do one without the other two. And... Um, so, you know, I certainly don't want to um, pass up on those, but I do want to read from the spiritual experience in the appendix, um, where this comes from in the back of the big book. Um, it's 184 in my little book, which <laughs> this is my little beat up book. I love it. I got it when I got sober. My sponsor said, get a big book. And I was like, I'll just take that little one. <laughs> I don't need that big, big one. Um, but it was great because I could carry it around in my purse. I'm really grateful that they, they make this size because at the time I wasn't driving and uh, I was using public transportation. I could keep it and take it everywhere I went. And um, so, okay, in, in the spiritual experience, um, it says at the end, we find that no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery, uh, but these are indispensable. And I actually looked up indispensable because a lot of times when I get in the big book, I'm like, let me make sure I know what this means, and uh, it means it's necessary. Um, and so it means that these three things are necessary for my recovery, and, and not just for me to stop drinking, um, but for me to have some emotional sobriety. Um, because, you know, when I stopped drinking, I kind of thought that was it, and... Um, I guess to also qualify myself is, you know, I was the kind of person that came in here and um, I didn't want to live anymore. I was too afraid to kill myself um, and I didn't know what else to do, but all I knew is that I couldn't keep living how I was living and I was completely miserable um, and I didn't want to exist. And, um, you know, it, it hurt so bad and, and I had no idea what to do. Um, I thought I was a pretty smart girl, you know, at this time, and, and, um, and I guess that was kind of that breakthrough to open-mindedness for me, is that, um, you know, I don't know um, all the answers, and, you know, I, I came in, and I was like, okay, get a sponsor, yeah, that's nice for you all, <laughs> like, you may need that, but I think I can just get it, like, I'll sit here and absorb, and, you know, it'll be all right. Um, you know, it's like, 
came to believe that a, or come to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity, like, that's nice for you all. Like, I'll just sit and absorb whatever you got going. Um, you know, I didn't quite have that open-mindedness. And I thought I was, like, the most open-minded person in the world, right? Um, you know, like, I would be open to, like, you know, people's ideas that I agreed with. <laughs> and that qualified me to be open-minded. Um, but, you know, if you believe something that I didn't believe, which um, I kind of... I kind of laugh now because one of the, one of like my sticking points with, you know, step two when I came in here is I was raised kind of in a Southern Baptist um, family. And um, it, that was a, a huge kind of like hurdle for me when I came in here to, to get past, um, you know, needing to believe the concept of God that everybody else in my family believed. And, um, and I knew that was not going to happen for me. And, you know, if I had to do that to stay sober, um, I was going to be in trouble. And, um, and I kind of laugh now because, you know, my, uh, our home group I love, you know, we meet in the First Baptist Church. And <laughs> like, God's got a great sense of humor. Um, you know, and so, uh, yeah, and so it was just that idea, I think, um, that open-mindedness of, thinking that I could figure everything out and still thinking, you know, many times, like, you know, as you said during the day that I can figure everything out. Um, and, you know, when I came in, I was like, don't need the sponsor. Like, you know, I got this, I'll show up at meetings and, you know, um, and I, I quickly found myself miserable about six months sober and I had a birthday and I went to like celebrate my birthday and it was kind of that like, uh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, I don't know how to do this. I don't want to drink um, because I know what that means. Like, if I pick up one drink, I don't know when I'm going to stop. And and I know this is, it was life or death for me at this point. And, um, you know, so I, I started to see that, like, maybe there was something to this program and these steps. And um, maybe if I, like, grabbed another woman after a meeting and talked to her, um, that something different might happen, you know, and that's partly where that open-mindedness comes in. Like, maybe I'll be willing, you know, to do something that I wouldn't normally do. Um, maybe I'll do something different because the things I've been doing are not working. Um, and that's usually in my program, like, where open-mindedness, like, hits me upside the head. It's like, when I keep doing something over and over and over, and it is not working <laughs> like but you know and um and I don't want to hear it you know and until I have the open mind to hear um what my sponsor tells me and to be comfortable hearing a different idea um you know I'm on like my track and it's like thank you God got this and um you know like I can start my day with prayer and meditation you know all I want every day and um and I can walk right out that door and be like, my boss needs to hear this. <laughs> and, you know, I'm like, she's not doing that right at work. And my coworker, you know, um, and I had a great experience with that this year. Um, being open-minded, you know, like in the workplace, um, you know, part of that for me is not taking myself so seriously. Um, you know, part of working step two is just like, letting go of the seriousness of, like, the power I think I have. 
And so, you know, last year, like, I'm at work, and, um, you know, my new work partner is just not doing things right. And things are getting messed up. And I'm like, you know, like, I'm not her boss. I can't, you know, like, tell her what to do. But, like, I'm in charge of, you know, the area that we manage. And I'm like, and, and I'm getting furious. And, like, you know, how does she not, like, I've told her three times that, you know, like, how does someone not? And, you know, at some point I had to stop and be like, like, in the whole scheme of things, what, how is this important? Like, is this how God wants me to treat someone that I come in and, like, you know, sit next to and, and work with every day? Um, and it was kind of this, like, again, an upside-the-head moment, like, getting hit upside the head where, like, I'm doing the same thing and I'm, like, you know, demanding that things, you know, go a particular, my way, <laughs> a particular way. And, and they're not, and I'm frustrated. Um, and, you know, for a while, I don't want to hear it, right? Like, I don't want to hear that, whatever. Like, so, you know, you lose track of some inventory, and, uh, you know, um, like, I can't hear it. But then it's like, once that door creaks open where it's like, okay, um, maybe things are getting a little unmanageable. <coughs> and it's unmanageable because I'm upset. Like, I'm the one who's angry, right? And wh what good am I when I'm, like, coming into a place and bringing that anger and holding on to that? Um, so maybe I can be open to another idea. And maybe I can be open to, like, just letting somebody do things the way that they do them, right? Um, and, and maybe I don't have to be in charge. And... Um, so this year, when we, you know, started our year, I was like, there was part of me, like, I'll fully admit, there was part of me that was, like, sitting back and like, I'm just going to watch the show. <laughs> I'm not going to do anything and just see how this goes down, you know? And then there was a part of me that was like, stay out of it, you know? Just, um, you know, like, that ability I have to hold someone hostage because I think that it should be done this way based on my experience, right? And they're, they're doing it their way based on their experience. Um, you know, it's, it's just so unhelpful. And um, so so started the year, you know, a little bit differently and had some open-mindedness about it. And, you know, that was the point where I had the willingness to, like, talk to my sponsor and be honest about how I was feeling and what's going on. And, like, okay, maybe I'm willing to hear her suggestions and, you know, what I can bring to this situation rather than what I can take from it. And so... Um, so I show up and, you know, and I'm like, all right, let's just like have some fun with this. And we've gotten, like, I've gotten to be closer with this woman and just value her. And I believe she values me. She asked me for advice. I ask her for advice. Like we have this relationship, um, that's just astounding to me. And it is in no way, um, of my doing because I didn't have close female relationships when I came into this program. I had close females that, like, um, I would use for different things <laughs> um, or that I would tolerate for certain things, but I didn't have close, um, like, those kind of relationships with people. And we actually had a discussion where she was like, you know, I heard you had said something to somebody that I wasn't doing this right, and, you know, and I owned up to it, and I, I was honest. And I said, yeah, I said that, and I apologized. That was wrong. I value you more than that. And, um, you know, I was able to, like, step up and make an amends for that, which, you know, in the past has been, 
terrifying for me. Like, I don't want to admit I'm wrong. Like, I got, again, I got this, got it. <laughs> um, and so, you know, being able to, to work these steps and, you know, practice these three principles, I think, together, you know, having that open-mindedness um, has just been such a key for me. And, you know, I do want to acknowledge um, this time of year, and I think that's why I said that when I came in, um, that I know this can be, not always, but can be for some people at certain times, um, a really heavy time of year. And, um, you know, we deal with loss and grief and family members who suffer from this disease as well. And, um, you know, while I worked on my own open-mindedness within my own sobriety and program, um, again, it was one of those moments I had a few years ago, I guess maybe about five years ago, um, where I had to, I had to practice that um, with family members and, um, and be open to um, what God had in store for another family member. And, um, you know, I went to a meeting, we went, when they do the, like, um, Alcathon over at the tech, and um, I was just having a really rough, like, New Year's Day, I think it was, and um, just with some family and went over there. And I sat and I listened to someone speak and tell their story and they're, you know, kind of laughing about their alcoholism. And I get it. And we do that and we need to do that. And, um, and at the same time, I was, you know, watching my brother slowly kill himself through this disease. And it was really painful and I couldn't sit there and listen to him. I couldn't laugh, you know. Um, and so I had to get up and leave. And, um, you know, I really worked a lot through that because in my mind, if he would just go to a meeting, <laughs> you know, if he would just, like, when he gets out of jail, like, continue talking, you know, like, why don't you just do these things? Like, I had all these ideas um, of what God should do in his life, you know. And, and I don't know. Um, I don't know what's best for him. I don't know what God has, you know, in his path. Because, you know what, when I was his age, I was out doing the exact same thing. Um, so who am I to say, like, well, now you, now that I'm sober, you should be doing it this way, too. You know, like, it's, you know, it's so closed. And um, so, you know, it was something that over the last few years I've really sat prayerfully with and meditated with, um, and just prayed for him and, you know, for, for me to not get in the way of that and to stay out of it. Um, you know, in the last few years, I have thankfully, you know, God has worked that out um, in his life. And, uh, and I've been open to, you know, whatever he needs to do for his life to work through, you know, his own stuff. Like, that's his path. And, and my job is to support him and respect that, like, no matter where he is along it. And, um, you know, today that's just, it's a whole new idea for me. Because when I was drinking, I was still like the big sister that was like, you need to do, you know, you need to act like this. And why can't you do, you know, and um, like, why can't you just keep a job, you know, like, just show up, dude. <laughs> like, and all that, that judgment um, that I was, you know, I mean, it really was like, I think it's the same thing. I must have listened to myself then, you know, just telling myself what I needed to hear. The same thing I do now with sponsees and, and here, you know, it's like anything that comes out of my mouth is really just probably the thing that I need to hear. Um, <laughs> because I, I really don't know what's best for anybody else. Um, I, I know that working these steps has completely changed my life. Um, you know, I, I have 
and just like an esteem and confidence and love today uh, in my life for others and for myself that um, that was not existent when I walked in here. Um, I was afraid to look people in the eye. I was afraid you would know who I really was because whatever this was was not really what was going on inside. You know, um, I was afraid you'd figure it out and um, and to you know to live today with. Um, the freedom of knowing that I can be honest with another woman about what's really going on and hear some suggestions and be open to maybe trying something new after I've tried what hasn't been working my way for a while. <laughs> um, you know, it has, it has brought a freedom and a serenity um, that has been indescribable and I did not know existed. And I'm so, so grateful for that. Um, so thank you all for allowing me to be here tonight. Um, and uh, I just, I wish y'all a good holiday and happy new year. All right. Uh, Dick's an alcoholic. Good to, uh, good to be here. Uh, see a lot of familiar faces. Good, haven't seen in a while. Um, sobriety date, June 2nd, 2007. Um, I am a, a member um, of, a, of a home group, sometimes different than having a home group. Um, that is the Vision for You group in, in Fayetteville. We meet on Tuesdays at 7. Love to see if, if you're uh, passing through. Um, I um, uh, am sponsored, uh, but best I can tell. Um, I think my sponsor would agree with that. Um, to, what, what that means for me is that I, I, I can I continue to meet with them and stay current and, and, and um, try the best of my ability to be honest with them about it, about everything in my life and um, and, and not hide anything from them. And um, I, I sponsor other men. Um, so it's a good topic. I, I think it's kind of like anything else with um, within our literature and any any other topic in AA. Is you, you can't really separate it from some of these other topics. I mean, they all kind of wind together and, and they're kind of through all the steps. And um, certainly the case with this one. So I'm, I'm going to try to just share my experience with you and instead of giving you as Dixon sees it on on uh, <laughs> get dangerous when I start giving opinions. Um, it changes from day to day. Um, <clears throat> So I, um, I was in uh, my first treatment center when I was 21 years old, and um, I uh, was pretty clear on the fact that um, I couldn't control the amount that I drank, um, and so I, I, was, I, I thought that's what alcoholism was, and um, you know, I, I, right before that, going into that, I, I mean, I was drinking, I, I lost control over not just how much I drank, but when I drank, and so I couldn't confine it to weekends or nights or um, at all, so I was just drinking all the time, and um, and really wasn't doing much else. And um, and and um, I went to that treatment center and thought um, that that I could that I could quit on on my own, and um, and try to do that for a period of time. And, and and the real problem of alcoholism showed up in my life. I didn't believe that. You know, I thought, and this is part of, you know, really the topic is that my my ego told me that you guys might need some extra help and a little more support. You know, to stay sober. <laughs> go to these meetings and hold each other's hands and rub each other's backs, you know, but, um, you know, I can, I can work harder than you and I can set my mind to something and I, and I can do it and I don't need any help. And, and as a matter of fact, I don't want any help because I, I really didn't like people. And so going to a room full of people as part of the solution wasn't a good one for me. So I did not go because I didn't think that it would work. I didn't go because I didn't think that I needed to. And, 
And so I learned the hard way, and um, that's, that's kind of how honesty has happened for me in, in my recovery. A lot of it in the beginning is um, I learned the hard way that that's, that's, that's not true. I, I can't stay sober on my own. And, um, <clears throat> and so I didn't, and, and uh, things got really bad, and um, I, I didn't. Um, uh, fortunately, I was blessed not to have quite all the consequences that Dwight had. Um, I should have had seven DUIs and should have been in prison, but, um, but wasn't. But, um, you know, really what happened to me, it, it really wasn't the consequences for me. Um, uh, what happened is I hated waking up every day. I hated who I was. I, I hated what I was doing. I knew what I couldn't stop doing it. I hated looking at myself in the mirror. Um, and just emotionally, spiritually, I, I, was, I was dead, you know. And, um, and I, I reached that um, jumping off place and really the first honesty that happened in my life. I, I believe it was God intervening in my life and kind of give me that moment of clarity that everybody talks about because, because previous to that, I was drinking myself to death. And in the next moment, I see the truth about myself. And I mean, I, that, that didn't come from me. That didn't come from, I mean, I, I had a part in drinking myself there, but um, that's not why it happened. And um, that, was, that was given to me. And that's been a lot of the case within my recovery is there's been things, a lot of things given to me and people put in my path and, and, and shown to me. And that's part of how I, I've received this honesty about myself and about, and about the truth. And, um, so anyway, I, I came into uh, I came into AA uh, really, really, really broken. Um, I came into AA with this. It's very confusing if you really try to make sense of it. Um, I had not done that to that point, and and so um, I was full of this huge ego where I thought that I was the best person ever and better than everybody else. But really, I knew behind that that I was terrified of everything and I was worse than everybody else. And those things don't reconcile. But if you never stop and think about it, then it's not a big deal. And um, <laughs> you just kind of coexist in, uh, in confusion. And um, that's, that's what I've been doing. And that's kind of how I showed up here, just with a lot of old ideas about myself and the world that, that weren't working. And that's, that's, a, that's a big hindrance to this, to this process of, of getting honest uh, with yourself and, and somebody else. And, um, and the other thing that I had going on was I didn't trust people at all. Like, I had sworn off people a long time ago. And I didn't let anybody close. I had 100 character defects to accomplish that. And, um, and I, I, just, I just had a wall up. And, um, which is another problem if you're, if you're trying to get honest with, with somebody else. And... Um, so that's, that's kind of how I showed up here, just, uh, just broken. And um, God put a man in, in, in my life. I, I went to this, you know, these concepts of, of, um, of, of, of willingness and open-mindedness are, are certainly part of, of my journey as well. And, um, you know, there's a lot of honesty in that first step, you know, in admitting that I'm an alcoholic and my life is unmanageable. Um, <coughs> God put some, so, so I went from that treatment center to a halfway house, and, and, and a big part of why I'm still sober is because I was willing to do things that I did not want to do that were really uncomfortable. I didn't see how they were going to help me, and um, I did them anyway um, because the first step had worked in my life where I have no other options. Um, and this uncomfortable thing was better than going back to that place that I come from. And that's still the tr- true today, is I don't want to ever go back to that place that I came from my last day drinking. And, and I'm willing to do anything to do that. Um, 
And so I went to this halfway house that I didn't want to go to with 15 other guys. And um, I worked at this, uh, this job at this furniture factory, sweeping floors all day that I didn't want to do. Matter of fact, I left the first day. I don't, I didn't want, I don't want to do this. And I didn't. <laughs> and um, I got straightened out pretty quick when I got back to the halfway. So I went back there the next day. And um, we had to go to meetings. And so, and so I went to this, um, this meeting. And, um, and, and so between the AA members there and, um, and my first sponsor, um, I was able to just kind of come how I was. Like, I was broken. I was very aware of it. Everybody I came in contact was aware of it. I, I had extreme social anxiety. You would talk to me, and I would just go into a panic attack, and <laughs> nothing would come out, which is really embarrassing. And, um, and that's what would happen every time. And, um, and, I, and I would go... And I was just terrified of people, and so I would just smoke about 100 cigarettes, and, then, and I would go in, and I'd sit down. But what happened was, when I sat down, nobody was pushing anything on me. It was, even though I was that way, people continued to say, hey, it's good to see you, and accepted me how I was. And, and eventually, God put a, a sponsor in my life at one of those meetings where, um, between those people in, in, in those meetings and, and that sponsor, they really just loved me until I could love myself. And so... Because of Alcoholics Anonymous and, and sponsorship, just giving freely, just loving me as I am, where I am, not pushing me to do anything, not lecturing me, talking down to me, making me do something, making me conform. If any of that stuff had happened, I wouldn't be here. I would have shot out of here immediately and, and ran. And um, that, that's not what happened. And so they just, and that sponsor, he just, he just gave and gave and gave and he would pick me up for meetings and take me to his house and we would go through the, the steps and uh, he would take me out to eat and um, he would just listen to me complain and encourage me and, and um, for six months I waited for the catch I waited for him to say okay now it's now it's you know here's what I need you to do there was never that he just gave for six months straight until it really took about that amount of time for me to say okay I trust you and enough to go through that fourth and fifth step and write down everything and tell him everything. Um, it, it felt like it took about 30 minutes of silence of me trying to get out those kind of deepest, darkest secrets with him. Um, but I did. And it was only because of, of what he did for me prior to that. And so that was really, I think, my first experience um, of, of really being honest. Um, I had been keeping all of that stuff in for my whole life. Um, very concerned about you finding out what was really inside of me. And when I told that to another human being and they responded just with, with love and acceptance and, and, um, and, and, they, and they said, you know what, I'm the same as you. You know, here are some things that are just the same as those things. And, um, and I still love you and uh, let's try to move forward into something better. And, um, and that was it. You know, I'd been fearing my whole life this happening. There's nothing. And um, that's, that's the way things are is, is when they live up in my head, there are these huge shadows. And when I get them out into the light with another person, there's just there's nothing there. And um, that's, that's kind of part of, of, of this, this concept. And, um, you know, 
four and five are, are really kind of the principles of, of where this honesty is that really rolls into 10 on a continuing basis, right, to continue to do that. And, and, and really it's strengthened by 11 because that's really where the light comes from to, to shine on this, and, and even more so by 12, and that's, that's been the case for me. But I, but I can tell you that, you know, with that sponsor, and then I, and then I moved to Raleigh, and then I got another sponsor, and, and with that sponsor, it was really, it was really about, hey, um, this isn't really about you. Um, I was about nine months sober, didn't know that. Um, <laughs> thought this was about, you know, me staying sober so I wouldn't hurt people, which is fair. Um, no, this, this, is, this is about you going through this process to give it someone else. And, and in doing that, then you'll receive what you need. That's, that's how this works. It's not about you. It's, it's, it's you've been here nine months now. It's about the new person. Give what you have. And so he kind of taught me to do that, and, and that was good. And, and that, that really helped me. It, it kept me sober. It changed things for me. It, it helped me to start to, to grow a little bit. It helped me to see myself a little bit, be a little bit more honest, um, you know, p- partly just from seeing myself and some of these guys that I'm trying to help, you know. And, um, but, but, but really, I think the heart of what of what's in this honesty is within the context of the steps. If, if you look at, um, at step three, that's where it lays it out. It's, it's that my real problem is this, is, is me trying to manipulate, is me thinking that I know what's best for you and for me in these old ideas of that and selfish and self-centeredness, and that is the root of all of my problems. And so this principle of honesty is about me being honest with myself about the fact that this is true for me and, and I am selfish and self-centered in all the ways that I am and taking inventory of that and four and then sharing it with some of the, the, it talks about in the fifth step that these things are then cast out through this process of five, six, and seven and sharing it with someone. And so I've been sober with the first two sponsors, probably about five years. Helping a bunch of people, home group, on my way to being president of AA. Um, <laughs> and the truth is, is that I had never bought into that concept that I don't know what's best for me. Or you. And this idea that, that I can kind of get all I can out of the world and that's going to make me happy, I had never believed that that wasn't true. Um, I, I, I had really received um, power through trying to just pass on information to other people <laughs> and try to grow a little bit closer to God. And, and so, you know, I get into this thing where, I, well, I did it wrong. Well, no, I don't think so. You know, I, I don't think these steps always work in order. I, I, I think that I was doing the best that I could, and I believe God honored that, and I believed um, I was able to get to the place that I needed to get to through these other steps, even though they were, they were a little out of order, through, through helping people and through these, these little steps, got me to this place where I had been trying to manage my life sober, because really I thought that was the point, five years sober. Um, <laughs> And, and at five years, I realized, man, I'm miserable. I mean, I really just hit a spiritual, emotional bottom um, at, at five years sober, and you know, I'm helping a bunch of people, and that's not working anymore. Um, I, I've, I'm going to all these meetings, it's not working anymore. 
and I started working with, uh, with, with another sponsor, and um, we really went back through the, um, through the steps w- within the context of honesty is the truth, right? What is, what is the truth? Well, um, the steps um, say in, in We Agnostics, it, it talks about that this power is inside of me that's, that's the truth that can guide me into, into right living and the best path for me if I'll, if I'll seek it through the process of the rest of the steps. And I hadn't really ever done that because I didn't really, I believed more in myself than, than in this power. And, and in that moment, I was really able to take the, the, the steps and say, okay, the first step isn't about drinking anymore. Um, the first step is that I'm powerless over living life the way and, and having the kind of experience that I, that I want to have and having power in my life. Um, and having a life that really means something where I'm helping other people. And um, the second step was um, really about being open-minded to the fact that I, have, I might not know. <laughs> I have no idea what's best for me or anybody else. And, um, and I say I believe in God, but look at my life. You know, I absolutely don't believe myself. And, um, and, and the third step was really about, you know, my sponsor, t- he, he told me, I mean, this was our sponsorship for years after that. Okay, well, what are you willing to do about it? Right? It's always the question. It actually, uh, it says that in, in the literature. We have an inventory. What are we going to do about it? Um, and so we went back through the inventory. And, you know, we looked at the fact that, um, hey, you're not really showing up to work on time. You're not really working while you're there. Um, <laughs> you're, you're leaving early, you know. And I had to go to my boss and tell her, you know. <laughs> And she didn't know what to do with that. She's like, okay, well, glad you, all right, thanks. Uh, you know, and, and within relationships, like, you're not going about that the right way. You have this ideal, you know what's right, and, and you're, not, you're not doing that. And, and what are you willing to do? And, um, and so we kind of got down to that, that truth, right, um, and, that, and that deeper surrender. And, you know, what, what, what are you going to do about it? Um, and came up with some, some ideals to try to live that out, and, um, and, and that was really helpful. And then I think um, my ability to, to take that inventory and, you know, what's the, what's the solution, right? It's, it's the simplest, most complicated thing in the book. It's just prayer. That's it. And so, you know, how can you do that more effectively? Uh, well, you might want to try to work on the relationship with the one that you're praying to. And, um, and so that's really what happened to me next is, um, is I, I kind of hit another spiritual bottom where, um, you know, I realized, you know what, I, I really don't have a relationship with God. Um, you know, I, I, I came across this, this, um, this piece of literature. I read it and it just, God just spoke to me, like just spoke to me. And it, it said that there will be people who will do this in my name and do that in my name. And at the, at the, you know, and, and, and what will happen is in, in the end, you'll come to me and say, hey, you remember me? I did this for you and that for you. And he'll say, I have no idea who you are. And I said, you know what? That's, that would absolutely be true. God has no idea. Who, we don't know each other. Um, I'm not doing anything in the mornings. Um, I'm not spending any time with him. Um, sleeping is more important to me than God. That was true for a long, long time. Um, and so, 
Um, I just got to this place again where I had to make this. You know, my, my sponsor said, okay, I'd been telling him that for probably seven, seven years. <laughs> Every time we met, what are you willing to do about it? Ah, uh, not a lot. Okay, well, <laughs> hang, hang in there. Uh, maybe it won't get worse, but it did. And, um, and, and I got to that place where, man, I'm, I'm willing to do anything, you know, not, not to feel this way. And, and I, 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 you know, I just, I, I know what I need to do. And I became willing to do it, and um, and I and I prayed for help, and um, and I started trying 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 to do that on a deeper basis, and and what happened through that process of really trying to tr- to grow with God is that um, and I got I got involved um, you know with with what I believe in, and got got involved there at a deeper level, and um, I sought out you know mentors there to help me, and I think that's part of this is you find out truth by by. By having people that are kind of a light that are farther ahead of you, around you, and the more people you can surround and take this principle of sponsorship and and just find other people and say, hey, I, you know, can you help me? And um, and they do. And I had men walk with me through that and just take me to a level where, um, man, God just started shining a light on lots and lots and lots and lots of stuff. And just all of a sudden, my eyes just kind of opened up um, to all this stuff that I was blind to because I'd been doing it was a self-help program. and that's that's not that's not where this came from and it's not what it's supposed to be is that all these steps are supposed to be done you know you're building the relationship but then once you've got the relationship you know the inventory is really supposed to happen in the presence of god and and when it does he shines that light on certain things that need to be shown on um if we'll ask him for them and, and we're willing to and so I, I had to get beaten down in, into that state of, uh, of willingness, you know, over and over and over again with alcohol, with, with everything being, being humbled here. Um, but, um, you know, I, I, I continued. So, so where I'm at now is that rather than um, you hear it a lot in AA, wrapping up, um, you hear it a lot in AA that it feels like, well, I have to get beaten into this place where I'm willing to do something. And, and that's been true for me for a long time. But, I, I mean, I can honestly say that now I really believe that God has good things for me. That taking good, in, that taking inventory and finding things that are wrong in my life is good news because God has something better for me. He's not trying to take something from me and that I can trust him and that, you know, his way is better than my way. And I could, you know, the honesty is, is about truth. And where does that come from? It comes from God. And so I can seek that out and there's all good news and it's the best path possible for me. And it's all in the book. It's all in our literature, cleverly hidden there, and uh, and in the twelve steps, and, um, and 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 really through sponsorship, and continuing to be accountable with the sponsor, share with them everything in my life. Um, these things um, become continually revealed for, to me, and through this process, ten, eleven, twelve, I'll continue to do that the rest of my life, and continue to grow. And, and as I've done that, um, it feels painful at times, but. Through that pain, my life has always gotten better on the other side. And so I've started to recognize that and welcome it. And, and you can just, you know, grow for the sake of, of growing. So um, that's all I got. Thanks.